1: Hey there, welcome to Coindesk TV. You are watching The Hash, the
2: crypto world
1: still reeling from the FTX collapse. We'll talk about all the latest ramifications in a bit. I'm Zach Seward, that's Will Foxley, Jen Sinassi, and Wendy O up there top right. She's going to lead us off today with something that Binance is doing in the wake of this collapse. Wendy, what do you got?
0: First off, I'm sorry to anybody who lost funds. It has been a hell of a bear market a hell of a bear market. And I feel like everybody that's watching, um, everybody that's hosting, just everybody in crypto in general did not see this coming. But I guess looking for the silver lining here, Binance starts recovery fund for crypto projects facing liquidity crisis. CZ says this is for strong projects who are facing liquidity issues. He told anyone who thinks they qualify to contact Binance Labs He welcomed other industry players with cash who want to co-invest. Justin Sun said that Tron, who will be global employee next, will support the initiative and more details coming soon. The tweet is up if you guys want to go ahead and read that. But CZ is talking about to reduce future cascading. Events because let's face it, this is part of the crypto contagion and FTX collapsing doesn't just impact cut well, I guess it impacts these people are customers. There's a lot of people that had funds there doing business, etc. So I guess that this is the silver lining of this absolute tragedy. I will hand this over to (laughs) 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 to Will. I it's just this is all so terrible.
3: Did you hand it off to me because I was the only one smiling? Because that's the takeaway I'm getting here.
0: Yeah. Uh, and maybe you're like you're behind a or br- in front of a brick wall. So maybe you've got some intel for us.
3: I'm in purgatory <laughs> like every other crypto <laughs> trader right now. It's been last week was rough. Last week was a very hard day for the industry and for right reasons. Investors out there are reeling. I think this is one of the. Larger shots probably ever up there with Mount Gox. I'm sure you guys talked about it all last week. So we don't have to spend too much time on that. The Binance angle for this is certainly important. And it puts, oddly, more trust in CZ's hands, which I think a lot of people are skeptical about putting more faith into a centralized exchange. After seeing what happened with FTX, I think we're going to be more skeptical about these central operators in crypto. And for the right reason. And I think CZ's embracing that with some of his tweets saying that he's going to take shots at rivals some more, ask some more questions, dig deeper, present his thoughts openly to the public. And I think that's a good thing. But this bailout fund, it, it does reminisce back to June when FTX was saying the same thing, right? And you're like, hmm, there's some odd similarities here. What's the reason for that? Uh, hopefully, this is just a conglomerate with a lot of liquidity and cash that can hand out to teams. There's a lot of awesome teams out there that just didn't balance themselves correctly. They had too many tokens in their treasury, or they had too high cash flows going out the door instead of in the door. And now they're going to need some help. So hopefully, this can be a big backstop for the industry. But I think most people are just a little questioning uh, something like this at the moment. Jen, I'll throw it down to you.
4: Yeah, I was reading this story and I just... I had. Deja vu, you know, it just felt like we were starting this whole cycle again with someone else. I remember when FTX was going in and bailing everyone out. I think Zach, you said on the show, should one man have all this power? And I think we realize now that the answer is no. I think for Binance, though, this is an interesting opportunity for them to start pulling projects into their ecosystem. I also thought back to June when CZ tweeted, it was not easy saying no to Super Bowl ads, stadium naming rights and large sponsorship deals, but they did. That was among all of the crypto layoffs. And in that same tweet, they announced that they had 2000 open positions. I know I've said on, on the show before, Binance has really weathered many, many, many storms. And I think this is just another storm that, that they are showing that they are weathering. Who knows what's going to, Happen in the future. Um, I also kind of narrowed in on one quote in that article by CZ. He said, we're going to try to collect the other industry players together to form an industry association globally and try to deal with some of the common standards in business. I thought that standards and business piece was really interesting because what's happening with FTX is really a business problem. There were a lot of business decisions that were made that didn't pan out for FTX and affected the wider industry. And I think that's what we should be addressing, especially when it comes to looking at what went wrong in some of the regulation. Many of these things are business issues, not crypto issues. Zach, what do you got?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to see more of this come out in the coming days. Hedge funds locked up in FTX. Project treasuries locked up in FTX. I would imagine these are the type of projects that Binance is looking to help out in their time of need. That's not to stop CZ from slinging a little bit of mud on twitter.com. And one of the replies, he uh, suggested that FTX was a bit of a liar and a fraud in its actions here and that this would be supporting good projects, not those bad projects that are only shown to be bad after they catastrophically fail. So it's going to be interesting to see who they ultimately onboard for this thing. If projects with stuck funds uh, who are now sort of in the uh, bankruptcy proceeding process end up flocking over to CZ to get a little bit of that needed liquidity so that they can keep on keeping on. Uh, I'd be curious to see if those were announced as well, which ones ultimately take up this offer or whether or not this is just uh, a a nice gesture that we may not hear of much down the line. Curious to see, got got the big whales backing up this thing. I think Justin Sun was involved. So pretty much those left standing, those with the giant bags are saying, hey, if you're impacted by this FTX thing, we got your back. Going to be interested to see what comes of this and if uh, updates are proffered in terms of who all... Is taking them up on this after, so I don't know. We'll see. Will you have the next story? What do you got?
3: I was off last week, but I'm hearing Justin's son was involved with something. That's crazy. He was. He was momentarily
1: involved. He almost came in to save the day. There's, you will. You missed so much. We, we're, we're glad yeah. you're back, but <laughs> don't, you just, don't worry. You don't, again. don't worry. So don't much. worry. I was, was like
3: glued to Twitter, just like you guys. Just we were. like you guys. We were it really, is, it We're still in that fever, Zach. It is not broken yet. Okay, let's move over to the repercussions for FTX. We're already getting some headlines with Janet Yellen in them, talking about how there needs to be more crypto regulation because of what happened with FTX. According to a report from Bloomberg on Saturday, Janet Yellen, who is now the head of the Treasury Department, is looking at some ways that there can be regulations for exchanges like FTX, noting that if they had been part of TradFi system, there possibly could have been some contagion For TradFi world and for the US government, what they're really looking at is, hey, we don't want anything from crypto's volatility to impact the larger market. This is pretty expected, but also deeply frustrating, especially for a lot of people out there who have been lobbying over this last cycle and for everybody who's still standing for the Coinbase's, the Krakens, the Binance's of the world. Now they have to deal with US government, (laughs) which is only going to put more pressure on top of this already tenuous discussion. Let's move over to Wendy for your take.
0: All right, I have a lot to say about this because this is immensely frustrating. We have somebody like Janet Yellen who is basically in charge of the money supply in the United States, and we're currently seeing record high inflation rates and money printing like crazy. So we have somebody that has done a disservice to the American people coming out and saying, we need more regulation. Well, guess what? The current regulation we had didn't stop the Fed from printing money. It didn't stop inflation. It didn't stop any of the problems we're seeing with the current traditional financial sector. In addition to that, what was the SEC and the CFTC doing? Mostly this SEC. It's coming out and there was reports that were indicating that folks from FTX met with the SEC. I believe it was back in March of 2022. Why wasn't the SEC regulating any of this? There's also been reports that people affiliated with um, FTX had family members that were affiliated with government officials. Therefore, that is problematic behavior. So could regulators have actually stopped this, especially if they would have integrated Hester Pierce's crypto law? Possibly, but at the same time, they didn't. So calling for more regulations at a time like this isn't going to stop what happened. They need to do a little bit better and stop fear-mongering, in my opinion.
1: I want to go in on this sort of idea of contagion, right? About how crypto is still fairly isolated from the traditional financial system. I guess the question is whether that's a good or bad thing, right? In the traditional financial system, governmental institutions would be able to backstop some of these failing quote-unquote banks, right? Here in crypto, there is no such lifeline that could be extended uh, in, in a, in a time of crisis. So I guess like my general feeling is that it's good that there wasn't contagion over into the regular financial world, but that certainly comes with its own trade-offs, right? There is no government support. There are no government bailouts. We're not going to face something that we saw in 2008 where these banks were bailed out, right? And there's no one coming to save FTX from the government public sector to make sure that users of FTX, the small fish, the small fry who are, Uh, now a lot like stuck with funds that are probably not going to be reached for years and years. There's no one to come help them out. There's no FDIC here. Now, I think that that is in keeping with what crypto is trying to establish. And I don't think many people would say, oh, we need FDIC protection in the crypto space. It's sort of antithetical to what crypto is trying to build. But it certainly in times of crisis like this becomes evident as a set of trade-offs that are being made, right? Okay, it's its own little uh, financial island. It's firewalled from the traditional financial system, the spillover effect is not huge. But on the flip side is no one is coming to save you when you find yourselves in dire straits with with funds stuck on FTX or uh, any projects that are ultimately going to go under as well. So I don't know. I guess that's the open question for me. Like, Is it good that it's firewalled from the traditional financial system to date? Or is that is that a flaw rather than a feature? I guess I'll toss that to Jen for her initial thoughts.
4: Yeah, no, I agree with you, Zach, and also, Wendy, with what you said. When she said it shows weakness of the entire sector, I just really don't think that's true. But but I think we could have all expected statements like this to come out of uh, FTX's downfall. I think that regulation is going to move quicker, unfortunately, um, but that's just kind of where we are. I don't, I just don't think anything good can come out of this. I just, I, and anyone who understands the space knows it doesn't show weakness of the entire sector to what I said in the last segment, it shows weakness of this particular business and the people who were leading this particular business. And I know we're still getting more information on what went wrong behind the scenes, but there are lots of laws already in place to address some of the illegal things that are being alleged that happened behind the scenes. I don't think we need more regulation. If If these people were really bad actors, there are already regulations that can um, bring them to justice. And so I think we can expect regulators to see this. Unfortunately, I think we can see more regulation to come. But the good part here is there are still options. We don't need to partake in in these centralized systems if we really want to partake in crypto. And maybe our focus is misguided when we think about bringing the mainstream audience into the space really quickly. I know I said that on the show last week. Maybe we need to slow down. Maybe this whole thing is telling us we need to slow down. And our focus should be on just getting these systems right and not bringing in the next billion users as fast as we can. But Will, I'll kick it back to you to wrap us up.
3: Yeah, I think you guys all made a few good points there. One thing I want to zero in on is like, what does regulation look like for the space after all this happens? And I've seen a lot of Twitter threads, a lot of people talking about this, all the crypto lawyers popping up as is their discussion. What happens here with FTX being an offshore exchange that was more or less breaking US securities laws, but not incumbent to US securities laws? It's really hard to say, right? Like, Is there anything in the books that would have prevented FTX from doing what it's going to do? It didn't operate in the U.S. and most of the users should not have been U.S. users because they tried to disallow them. You had to use a VPN or you had to use go and use FTX U.S. So what can Janet Yellen at all do to f- figure this out? I don't know if there's anything that you can do. That being said, we also see that FTX U.S. is also involved in this Chapter 11 bankruptcy, right? And so there seemed to be some commingling of funds that was inappropriate, and maybe there's some laws or due diligence that we could. Come out of this event from those two exchanges working together closer than people expected. I mean, Binance still has Binance US, its own exchange, its own arm. And there's a few other teams that do a similar thing, right? They operate in the US and they operate internationally, but they have some sort of dividing wall between the two things. I don't know if that dividing wall is in practice and reality. We'll have to find out uh, as more documentation comes out for a lot of these firms. It's definitely something to watch. But Zach, I'll kick it over to you. Let's go to break.
1: We got a debate one time, FDIC protection or CZ protection, which would you Mm. rather have in a crisis? We skipped that, but we'll get to that at a future
2: date. So here's a big question. What's the most important thing about crypto? It's not transactions per second. It's not convenience. And it's not even smart contracts. It's decentralization to achieve censorship resistance so we can all be free. Minima is a new layer one blockchain designed to run in full on a smartphone so that anyone can participate in building Minima's decentralized network as an equal. Join over 300,000 Minima node runners on the incentive program today to start earning Minima every day until mainnet launch. Get started at Minima.global. Just go to circle.com backslash transparency to see why USDC is a trusted stablecoin. Have you ever tried creating an NFT? Creators usually face limitations from existing marketplaces and tools or are hindered by complex coding requirements if they try to do it themselves. Well, those days are over. Smart Mint by Pastel Network is a free-to-use and no-code platform that makes minting NFTs easier than ever. Create custom NFT drops and collections across ecosystems like Ethereum and Polygon, while also having the flexibility to add customized features and manage existing creations with just a few clicks. Get started today for free at smartmint.pastel.network.
1: We don't want this to be FUD, so just no FUD. Just blanket. This is a blanket no FUD warning. But Crypto.com, people starting to have speculative worries about the health of Crypto.com. All right, Crypto.com CEO, Chris, he went on there and he said, Hey, we're good. You know, you may have seen this weird transaction that occurred, but it's okay. We sent the wrong address and we got most of it back. Don't worry about it. It's cool. People are starting to worry a little bit about Crypto.com, whether or not this might be the next shoe to fall. Again, no FUD, no FUD zone, but let's talk about this, but it's us to Will for his thoughts on what is up with crypto.com. Yeah, we don't know anything yet. And this is, this is something I
3: really want to zero in on. It's the fact that we don't know anything until we know something. The only reason we found out about the FTX stuff was because of the excellent reporting work by Ian Allison. We don't have anything like that for crypto.com. So no matter what Twitter's saying, they're pulling up screenshots of various exchange profiles. We don't have anything yet. That being said, it's always good to do due diligence. Everyone is under the microscope right now. All these exchanges are being looked at over and over again. And for good reason, right? FTX just blew up. It was the third largest exchange in the world. So you got to be careful. Crypto.com has a lot of the things that people are worried about. They had a huge sponsorship with the Los Angeles Lakers, their stadium. They purchased that during the bull run. The user numbers are dropping off a cliff and there's some and some other things going on with a transfer of ether to gate.io, another exchange. And then that money going right back to crypto.com after an audit. So you start looking at these things, you start wondering, well, maybe there's something going on here. Again, we don't know, but it is questionable. And I think it just brings you back to one of the key values of Bitcoin and crypto, which is it's not your keys, not your coins. So don't trust an exchange. Exchanges are places where you do buy crypto and then move that crypto onto yourself. You don't know how to hold it yourself. There are platforms out there that can do it for you in a managed custodial solution. That's pretty safe. It's not as safe as holding it yourself in most cases. But I think that's really what we're looking at right now when we're looking at exchanges. Yes, another exchange could go belly up. There could be more pops. We'll probably see a few more, honestly, before the end of this bear market. Right now, I think most people should just be thinking about how can I Custody my own Bitcoin or my own crypto. Wendy, I'll throw it up to you for your take.
0: So, I did remove my funds from crypto.com. I believe it was November 11th. I did a video and let my audience know. And I like crypto.com. I really, really like their platform. I love their app. I love the card. I've been using it since 2019. But at the same time, I also understand what type of market we're in. We're in a market to where there's it's a lot of volatility, things are getting shut down left and right there's a lot of problematic behavior. And we, do, we still do not have proof of reserves or miracle tree to showcase what funds these exchanges actually have. So me as myself, I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know what? I think it might be a good idea to sell some stuff for a loss, move it over to Bitcoin, Ethereum stables, and just get it off. And I don't see a problem with that. I think that that's, if these exchanges do have all the reserves that they're claiming that they are, then it shouldn't be a problem for them. Yes, I do understand that you know it's not a very popular thing, but at the same time, we are in crypto. We're supposed to be operating in a true decentralized economy and taking responsibility for our own action. So with that being said, I like crypto.com. I think it's a great platform that they have. I've used it since 2019. But right now, I just don't feel comfortable with any trading funds on different exchanges right now. I've went ahead and mitigated risk and I let my audience know what I was doing. So if I'm wrong... More than happy to be wrong, but during this current landscape, I have to protect my assets and my capital.
4: Yeah, I remember when we spoke about FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried in the past. I said that people really trusted FTX, right, and they trusted Sam Bankman-Fried because of his relationship with regulators. He was kind of an ambassador for for the industry. He was, you know, rubbing shoulders with all these famous athletes and celebrities and making these huge sponsorship deals. And I think that this has really affected the way that we are going to see CEOs and large crypto companies moving forward. So unfortunately for Crypto.com, I think that, you know, everyone has lost trust in these exchanges and Chris is going to have to show that he actually has those reserves, like Wendy's saying. I know in the article he said that there is an audit underway and so we should have some information from that audit soon. But my immediate question is, you know, when was the last audit and why can't we see anything? Like right now we're trusting you. And just a week ago, Sam Bankman-Fried was telling us your assets are fine. Everything is fine. And we've watched everything blow up. So unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people who are going to have to pay for the mistakes of FTX. And the only way that we're going to start to be able to gain that trust that this entire industry is based on is when we start to see these audits and we start to see those proof of reserves.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about withdrawals and stuff and people sort of starting to feel worried is that, you know, these bank runs sort of become self-fulfilling prophecies. It's really crazy mm-hmm. to watch this happen time and time again. It's like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit weird here. And all of a sudden, you just want to be not the last person to feel weird. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. And I think a good, it is good to sort of stress the need for uh, self these assets. But there's also sort of the need to sort of i guess mitigate some of the fear uncertainty and doubt that animates these crypto bank runs that we've seen happen recently you know we saw it with ftx where people were, were rushing for the exits and before you know it you're dealing with an insolvent platform that used to be a giant with its name on everything across the united states and the world so um i think the fear is that potentially this will be that next one again this is hard to talk about without like flooding but i think it's really interesting to sort of remark upon again those raw market energy forces that exist in crypto that are less mitigated than in the traditional financial sector because there is less government intervention in terms of who is backstopping these platforms. And i think that to me becomes like a really interesting conversation to look at as we think about when when and how we self-custody our assets versus when and how we use some of these custodial platforms to access these assets. but crazy stuff, crazy times certainly something to watch. All right. We're changing gears. We're going to talk about another FTX thing. I think Jen has this one. Jen.
4: That's true. All right. So we know FTX was partnering with a slew of companies during the bull market, and that's all come tumbling down with the rest of its empire. So the exchange owes Miami $16.5 million for the arena sponsorship cancellation. This is a penalty fee worth three years of their contract. The contract states that this must be paid within 10 business days, or the county has the right to charge 12% interest per. annum. we'll also remember very recently, we were speaking about those FTX Visa debit cards. That project is also winding down as FTX files for bankruptcy. Zach, I'm going to kick this one back to you. You've been tweeting a lot about FTX's sponsorships we saw last year. What do you make about this? How are you starting to make sense of FTX's name coming off everything we've been talking about for the last year, year and a half?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think na- the natural question is like, when is the MLB going to announce something as as of now? FTX patches are on the umpires in Major League Baseball. The arbiters of truth in the game of baseball are currently branded by FTX, and so you'd imagine that that would be something that they would want to discontinue immediately. They have had to make any public statements about the status of that agreement. I believe it was reported at the time that it was a five-year deal when it was inked. Uh, I believe in the middle of last season. So very curious to see what happens on that one. But it makes a ton of sense that uh, you know Miami Dade County is seeking to claw back this money here, and I think FTX uh, you know, we'll get out of this cheap for 16.5 million, if indeed comes to pass that they're able to produce that money, right? This was a 19-year deal, I believe, which was pretty crazy in retrospect that this was gonna last for 19 years. And that Sam Bankman Freed had made statements publicly, I think on a podcast with the crypt that, you know, we had a good enough year where we could pay it up front. I don't think that, that came to pass just by virtue of what is being reported here in these contracts. Uh, but yeah, that they're gonna get off the hook for 16.5 million. Um you know this is the this is the this is the winding down there's gonna be a ton of stories like this whether it's the uh, TSM esports team that uh gave its naming rights to FTX for something like 210 million uh whether it's MLB with their uh their various deals um and there's some other you know sports brand ambassadors out there from Steph Curry Tom Brady others Trevor Lawrence people that I don't know if we've heard from yet but there's certainly all these statements that are likely being prepared as this thing happened so quickly. They're still trying to get their ducks uh, lined up. Anyway, Will, what are you thinking? Yeah, 19-year sports deal in the exchange collapsed
3: in six days. That is just a nice little picture there for everybody. It's tough to see. And I do think we're going to see a lot more statements come out. The one thing I'm actually curious is, does the N- NBA, NFL, any of these other major sports leagues in the U.S. tighten up their advertisement budgets based on what's happening with crypto? I mean, they don't need crypto. None of these major sports leagues need crypto. The Washington Nationals did not need Luna. And now it's on their chairs at the stadium, right? Uh, FTX is gone now. They don't they don't need that money anymore. They don't have that money anymore. But there's other people who will line up that are more responsible and can fill NBA or the NFL, MLB, whatnots, pocketbooks the same way. But they're not going to be rugged at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter if it's Coinbase It's more responsible and is sponsoring the Houston Rockets and I think the Warriors... I just think the NBA and them are going to look at this and be like, hey, we don't really want to be involved with an industry that's so volatile and frankly, blatantly a scam like FTX was. Like, We know that they're using customer funds to trade at this point. Uh, why would you want to be involved with that? I think it's a bad look for anyone who is partnering with them. And I think that does set behind a lot of these sports crypto projects by at least five years. Who's going to want to sign a deal with the next crypto token? Not one of these fan bases is going to be interested in doing that at this point. Wendy, I think I saw your hand go up, but it might've been Jen, so I'll give it to you.
0: Um, I just wanna say there's gonna be, since they're in bankruptcy, it's gonna be probably a little bit hard to get that $16 million back. I feel like there's other people that have more preference to this. So I don't know, I just feel, I just hope customers are given something back. This is just very, 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 very upsetting.
4: I just want to be clear in my intro. I know it was confusing, the three years I mentioned was the penalty fee. So the $16.5 million equates to three years of the 19 year contract. When I was reading this, I was thinking about that Visa part of the story, right? Visa, traditional financial company, partners with FTX to offer this debit card. FTX kind of blows up. Does what's happening with FTX make the Visas, the MasterCards, the PayPal's, the Cash Apps kind of put the brakes on? what they were planning on doing in crypto, I wonder. And I guess we'll see how that pans out as we move forward.
1: Yeah, it's not without precedent in the traditional financial world. Everyone looks to the Enron Field debacle, the 2022 Houston Astros, your World Series champions. When they launched their stadium, it was was Enron Field. And before you know it, they were also uh, on the rocks. So I think to Will's point, I wonder if the reputational damage will extend itself to all of crypto or if the sports world sees this as something that happens and that is built into these contracts from the jump. I don't know. It's crypto. We'll see.
2: You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you, so if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
5: Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.